Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, they're giving all new customers the can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly. I'm Cherson Soussel with Johnny Venerable, Frank Sanders. Guys, the injury reports were released today, and they're definitely favorable for the Cardinals. The Vikings have several guys on defense that are going to be out for Sunday's game, including uh, starting linebacker Anthony Barr. He's still out. Defensive end Everson Griffin. I don't know if you saw the story. He had a, a little bit of a run-in with a deer today. Hmm. Um, glad he's okay uh, yeah. to a degree. I mean, hey, it's all good, but he will not play Sunday. Uh, cornerback Harrison Hand and the starting middle linebacker um, Eric Kendricks is questionable right now. And this is a defense that struggled against the Bengals, but you know, they've also struggled for the last the last season as well. Yeah, over the course of the last eight games dating back to last year, they've given up on average roughly 30, 31 points per game. Uh, it's not the defense I think Mike Zimmer is accustomed to having. Their talent is not necessarily the issue. I think it's just the buy-in. He seems like, and we'll talk about this more, but a coach very much on the hot seat. They almost feel like they're headed for a mutual breakup. And if they're looking to get right, it's not going to be this week on the road. Again, you mentioned Cincinnati playing against this offense. I just I don't know how you replicate Kyler Murray in practice if you're them, whether you take like and Frank might be able to speak to this a DB and, and put him at quarterback and have him run around. I think what we saw with Tennessee last week is it's almost impossible to prepare for Kyler when he plays like that and now giving him the opportunity to play in front of the Red Sea, it's just going to be really difficult for Minnesota to keep up. I'm looking at the, ha- I feel like happy, happy, joy, joy for the Cardinals. You can't get any better news than to realize that, you know, in your mindset, you think that, well, we have to go back out and prove what we did last week. And we feel like Minnesota is a, or would have been a, a comparable team on, on paper. I mean, of course they didn't play great against Cincinnati and they took an L, but at the end of the day, you still think that they have playmakers on their field with the opportunity to come out and play good against the Cardinals. And what happened week one might not happen week two. Yeah. It might be a chance for a change. But, of course, with the opportunities or the setbacks they've had with the injuries, on, on injuries, it does open up some conversation and it makes the Cardinals probably feel like they have a better chance of winning. Um, there are some things that when you're losing – and we, to me, I've been on losing teams, and I know for a fact what you start pointing to. And when you look at the head coach and you start saying this is a potential breakup situation that might happen with this organization, the way he's been producing this team, of course, he's got a lot of money in the quarterback. He has he has a lot of money at the receiving in, in, in Adam Thielen and then also in the defensive area. So there, there, there's, there's money there, mm-hmm. and there's opportunities for him to go out and play. And, again, there are no shortcomings in conversation when you are in the NFC North. Yeah, and you're playing against Green Bay and Chicago. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be in that conversation of are we going to win this division? And right now, what he's been able to produce has not been good. So if the Cardinals come away or can look at it from a standpoint that we got a, we got a leg up, then good for the Cardinals. Well, and the Cardinals are in the perfect situation right now because they came out with a balanced attack. Uh, they, their offense looked incredible week one, and the Vikings defense week one struggled uh, in the run defense and passing defense. And then, oh, by the way, their offensive line 
is is awful and you've got guys with inexperience and it's yeah. it can be easily exploited. I think Kirk Cousins was sacked three times. So two things or two areas that were uh, really impressive from the Cardinals was, I, I guess, their their offense as a whole and then the pressure they were able to put on the quarterback. And, and there you go, a perfect opportunity to do much of the same uh, in week two against the Vikings. Yeah, it, would, it would be pretty special for the Cardinals to come out and, and have that same intensity. I mean, you said something earlier about the Red Sea, but Minnesota travels extremely well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could probably say a good portion of the Valley is Don't sell your tickets, please. Right, because you know they will, right? The Cardinal fans get out and sell the tickets. Let's give them the benefit maybe, of the doubt for this They haven't been back in right. a long time. Maybe it'll be different now. Uh, Come after Frank. Minnesota, <laughs> sh- Minnesota shows up 100%. They do. they do. They travel well. And I've, I've been a part of this organization for years, and I've seen Minnesota. When we get out ready, when we get ready to play them, it looks like a purple. There's a purple gang up there somewhere mm-hmm. in the stands, and they travel extremely well with their team. So, I look at this game as an opportunity for the Cardinals to continually build on what they what they what what the process is right now, which is to continually develop and, and put all the pieces in place. We still got guys that have names and positions and places that have not really shown up yet. We know guys. We haven't seen Zane Collins go out and play. Yeah, we know that we've seen um, Isaiah Simmons play extremely well last week, but. Can he move to the next level? And that's another, can he do it next the next week? And if Chandler comes out and plays great, can J.J. Watt comes up and starts making sacks? So these are things that are still on the table. And can Kyler repeat that type of offense? Can, can Cliff call that same type of offense of game plan and then they go out and execute it? So there are some things on the table right now that it looks favorable to us. And then yet, it still makes, it's, you still got to show up on Sunday and produce. It's not something I'm concerned about, but I'm wondering if at all um, maybe we'll see some I don't I don't know if jitters is the right word, but just a little um, just just, you know, extra hype that might, um, you know, result in some penalties early or something, something like that, just because the Cardinals are going to be playing in front of a packed house at home for the first time uh, in over a year. And so, you know, they're professionals and they've been talking you know, all week about not getting ahead of themselves with the way that they played in in week one. But there's one thing about with like talking about it midweek and saying, okay, we're not going to do this. And then stepping and maybe you can speak to this too, stepping on that field. And now your home crowd is back and it's loud and it's exciting. And it's something that you haven't experienced uh, in a long time. It's different. It it totally is different. Um, You're playing it primarily in front of your family and your friends and everyone you've kind of developed a relationship with here. And so sometimes the guys do try to do try to do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are nerves. There there are jitters um, in your own stadium. Uh, you're coming back home to your fan base where the expectations are definitely higher. Um, at, at the end of the day, you're hearing more of the conversations that are more local in the newspapers and the guys are printing. And then what we're talking about on talk radio, these guys are definitely hearing more of those conversations of what's taking place here and how the feel, what, what the valley feels like. So I know for a fact that there are going to be more nerves here than it was going on the road. Everyone always says that, though, right? For, yeah. for the most part, you feel like you're more relaxed when you're on the road. You, you don't have to worry about tickets and who got tickets and parking passes and none of that little the shenanigans that kind of creep in before, you know, you're getting a you're getting a, a text message right before you get on the field and say, hey, can you get my supermodel into the game? You don't even get those situations. You know what I mean? Cliff so, might have to deal with that, well, but otherwise, but that's, yeah. But that's, you know what I mean? You don't, you, don't have the, you don't have those situations But when you're on the road. But when you're at home, you do have those things. So hopefully the guys can get over that pretty fast. The beautiful thing is that they did practice. They had 
they had training camp in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So they kind of got a good feel of the atmosphere and, 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 and what it feels like to go out and play and perform and practice in that particular They area. had the, all their practices were open. We attended some very well turnout. And I think this was the big question mark with Kyler Murray and his maturation process as a young quarterback. I think we saw it maybe a little bit last year when he went back to Texas, that Monday night game against mm-hmm. Dallas, and started slow in that first quarter. It took a little while to, to gear up. I think if he comes out and hits the foot on the gas, I think it tells us everything we need to know about where he is because I think the defense is going to be flying around. I think they're going to force three and outs. I think they're going to set the tempo just like they did last week because I think they'll feed off the energy of the crowd. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, they're going to be fired up. Can the offense have stability, put together an eight to nine play drive, open it up and, and put points on the board? If they can do that, they'll be fine. What we don't want to see is is Kyler, and he's been prone to do this, not often, but once in a while, force a ball that he's not supposed to, fumble a snap from Rodney Hudson, something that's uncharacteristic. Right. If they can put that to bed early, they'll be fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Cardinals dealing with some injuries as well. Linebacker Devon Kennard is out with a hamstring, and then uh, right tackle Kelvin Beecham, he's a game day decision. Um, you know, of course, he was injured in week one. Uh, but Kennard's absence could have an effect on what Isaiah Simmons does. Yeah, I think what we'll see Simmons rushed the passer a little bit last week, didn't get home. Uh, and of course, you have an opportunity to kick J.J. Watt outside if you want to, but it'll be Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones, of course. And then if you're able to play Isaiah Simmons off the edge, maybe Buda Baker rushes a little bit. I do think this game will see more Zavian Collins. Zavian Collins, first round pick, 16th overall, played about 30% of the snaps last week. Jordan Hicks, Jordan Hicks played almost all of them. Um, Minnesota wants to run the football. They want to be physical with Dalvin Cook. We're going to see all three linebackers play a lot this week. I look forward to it. I mean, they, they got a tough challenge. Dalvin Cook's no slouch. Yeah. I mean, and the way they use him in the Minnesota offense is pretty spectacular. I mean, Chase Edmond could be the second coming or conversation-wise. If we use him a little bit more, he could be – they have the same skill set for the most part. They're both the low 4-4 guys, 4-3 guys. They got great hands out of the backfield. They all – they all and they do a great job when they get to running in space and, and running a, uh, versus the zone. So they, they have a lot of the skill sets of the same talent. Dalvin Cook ain't no slouch, so our linebackers definitely gotta gotta get their heads on a swivel. And I don't I don't think they just feel like Minnesota feels like they're just gonna come down and smash ball us at yeah. all. They're gonna finesse us. They're gonna dink and dunk us like they typically should in their offensive scheme. So our linebackers definitely gotta get have to get ready to come to play. So we talked about how week one, Larry wasn't out there. It's a little weird not seeing number 11. Statistically, the Cardinals may not have missed him, but for fans to, you know, for him to not be out there, it was a little weird. And now it's going to be their first home game since 2003, which is insane that Larry Fitzgerald has not suited up for a game. And there's also an interesting correlation between Larry's career and the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Shameless plug. Go PHNX.com. I wrote an article that was published this morning on that fateful Week 17 matchup. Cardinals hosting Minnesota. Minnesota trying to get into the playoffs. The Cardinals were competing with the first overall pick. The Cardinals, of course, famously knocked off the Minnesota Vikings. Josh McCown to Nate Poole, back of the end zone, time expiring. You guys can look at the clip. It's fantastic, especially with the Minnesota uh, radio call. So that catapulted the Cardinals from picking first to third. They took Larry third. This is a little bit of a sneak peek of the article. I still believe had they lost that game, given everything, that Larry would have gone to the Cardinals first overall. Denny Green, who was the coach at the time, after Dave McGinnis got fired, and you know about Dave mm-hmm. McGinnis, was infatuated with Larry. He, he grew up with Larry's dad when he was the radio uh, 
sports journalist in, in Minnesota. Larry was the ball boy. So I think it was all destined to be, uh, and I'm kind of giving away the article now, which is, it's behind a paywall. Go pay for it. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, but I, unlike what, and Cheers and I were talking a little bit off air, Frank, about what San Diego did forcing the Eli Manning pick. You played with Josh McCown. The Cardinals were pretty content with Josh McCown. Mm-hmm. I think they were. And Denny was infatuated with getting Larry with Anquan, a la Chris Carter, and Randy Moss in Minnesota. Look, Den- Denny Green knows you have to have some weapons on the outside. And Larry had had ties since he was a young kid as the ball boy on, on t- into a position where he continually produced that pit. And then he put himself in a position where he could be a top pick. He would have been the the ideal which is similar to a twin of Chris Carter. Great hands, big body. They know how to run great routes. They get in and out of the cut. They got that dog in them where they just will not quit and they want to beat guys of a sense of professionalism about themselves. So he saw all that. And I think, you know, Denny Green knew that Larry would have been an absolutely fabulous addition to what he already had going and what he wanted to build when he got to the Cardinals. Um, He needed a couple more pieces on defense as well to kind of add to what he was doing offensively. And Larry would have been absolutely fabulous for him. And just unfortunately, then it didn't stay long enough to see the maturation of Larry getting here mm-hmm. and then watching how far and what he's actually developed to to be and what he saw and what he thought he would actually become. You missed it by like a season, right? Yeah. Or did you at any point um, between leaving the Cardinals to now, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I would have gotten the chance to play with Larry? No. Why? I don't. I just I wish I would got a chance to play with Larry quarterbacks. Hell yeah! I mean, I, if some I of them, not, not all of them. Well, let's no, be not clear. all of them. There was least. <laughs> let's maybe like no, just if three I of had them? just three, two, two to three years with Larry's quarterbacks and Kurt Warner and wow. CP3. Hell yeah! I mean, that's all I wanted. You, as a receiver, all you want is a quarterback. Yeah. At the end of the day, you want somebody to throw the ball to you. I had Rob Moore. I had David Boston. I had Eric Metcalf. I had Anthony Edwards. I had guys that could get it done in the NFL as well. We just had a bunch of quarterbacks in transition. And then we caught Jake for about four years, four or five years. And in that window of time, we did a good, we did some good things. But then we had to decide if we're going to pay Jake and then let guys go. So it became a money conversation. But if I, I mean, playing with the bookend, I had Rob Moore. Rob Moore, six foot four. He drops his weight. He catches every ball. He's all pro just like Larry. Um, we just didn't have quarterbacks and offensive line uh, in sync like he did for many of his years. And it, look, Watching him and Anquan play was absolutely some of the best history in, 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 in Arizona Cardinals football history, as well as watching in the NFL history. Just when you want to tie them into what the greatest show on turf looked like when Kurt was over at the L.A. Rams or the St. Louis Rams at the time. And then you watch these guys compete against other guys. And to me, I felt like I had just the same amount of talent with me. We just didn't have the quarterbacks I had. So sometimes I'm jealous that I don't get the quarterbacks you guys have. I don't want to start crying now because it's got to be a very <laughs> sentimental moment. But I do, I mean, look, if you can play with a guy like Larry, you, you're going to win because what you do know is the same thing that that D-Hop knows right now when he has A.J. Green on the side. No one's going to double me. If they double me, you're going to be single. If they single you, you got to murder today. And, if they, and, if, and the same thing Christian Kirk has a thing. So if they're going to double me and him on the outside, they're going to play zone on the outside. And they're going to let you guys run free. You and Rondell run free on the inside. Y'all got to murder today. It's time to eat. So to, in my mindset, I had those guys. I just needed some a quarterback to keep getting that rock to us like that. And it would have been beautiful. I mean, and then I, I think I would have let my hair grow back then. I think I would have had dreads and perfect 32 and 
<laughs> Maybe a little beard or something like that. I probably would have followed that trend of It's never too dread late hairs. to oh, it's, oh, it's, go for the dreads. Let me tell you what, that boat is gone. <laughs> and when I come in here, y'all see me have dreads, I promise you it would be a wig. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a wig. <laughs> Well, uh, Johnny, we have a, a new segment. Yeah, I don't know how you transition from that, but great questions all around. We've got some more great questions in our newest segment. It's the Bird Gang Blitz Mailbag. Hooray, look at that graphic where all we right, take right. your questions. Friday morning, twitter.com, phnx underscore cardinals. Send us anything. Yes, cheers to myself, Frank, anything you want or pertaining to the matchup on a given Sunday. So we've got some questions here that you sent in. Super excited about this. I'm going to pose these to my co-host. Beginning first with Juanito at Nito Sucks. And he asks, or she, uh, do you think Chandler Jones will get his deal during the season or in the offseason? No chance we let him walk, right? And I'll pose it to Cheerson first. Look at that graphic. That's fly. I, like I that. would say no chance the Cardinals let him walk, whether they get the done the deal done midseason or afterwards. I mean, he's probably I mean, this is just like my opinion. I feel like at some point during the season they'll probably get the deal done and there's no way they let him walk unless his demands are really insane or unless they really want to take him off and let him play through the entire season. I'm gonna play I'm gonna, I'm gonna play player side. If I'm Chandler and and I really if I can go out this next week and I ball the hell out, I promise you I'm I'm not signing a contract. I'm gonna make them sweat, and I'm gonna mm. make them sweat with the intent that the same way JJ uh, Miss, JJ's brother did. I'm gonna do the exact same thing. TJ TJ I'm gonna do the exact same thing TJ did, which is look, you guys want to sign me and show up to the table because I know for a fact the money's going to change if two or three other DNs or interior linemen come out and they just ball out this year. Yeah, but you're betting on yourself because you could also go yep. on and get injured at and some point. Guess what? If I get injured, then they still know what they got. I got injured last year and they got me back. I gave you five sacks. Hello. So, Franchise tag I mean, for an right. outside linebacker uh, next spring, $24.5 million. So so he, he could pull a Chris, he, he could pull a Kirk. Uh, Kirk Cousin and just go year for year for year and they hope they franchise tag him for twenty four million. Next year it might be twenty seven million. The following year be twenty three million. I'm playing devil's advocate in this moment. I think Chandler really wants to be here, just truthfully. And so yeah. the idea is that JJ's here and you got you got some dogs behind you. You can really eat well here. You like the valley a lot. So truthfully speaking, if they if they come to the table with a hundred and twenty, they gave you know they gave TJ one one ten I think. 110 million. So I think if somewhere around that number you meet my number, then we'd be pretty good. I'm, I, I think I would immediately sign it because if I do get hurt in game week three, that money's all good. And if I don't get hurt in week three, then I got to make that decision. So I'm playing devil's advocate. So I think Frank that, is a maybe, Cheerson's a yes. Well, but Frank is talking more so. Basically, what he's saying is he thinks the Cardinals are going to give him an offer midseason. What he's debating is whether yeah. or not Should Chandler Jones is going to sign it. So basically, we're both in agreement that at some point midseason, he's going to get an offer. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. I, I agree with you both. All right. Next up. Thank you for the question, Juanito. Steen is up at Billy B. Steen. Is this the year we break the habit of playing down to our opponents? If so, why do y'all think so? Cheerson. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, maturity and your leadership. And we've exhausted this storyline. The Cardinals have the leaders this year. And so I think if there was going to be a year where they they turn that around and boy, is that frustrating to watch when you play. The Cardinals played up and down to their opponents, especially last year. Um, it 
it was just mind boggling, but they've got the leadership. And so they, you know, hopefully have the maturity and the leadership in the locker room to be able to do that. I think they do. My concern is that I, I think we have maturity and we have leadership on the field with the players and the timeline and the, and the length of time they've played in the game of football. I really do. I, there, most most guys got between three. That's actually starting between outside of a couple of players, maybe. That's that's got three to more years in the league, and they got enough leadership on that part. My concern is something that most people never think about, and that's coaching. My concern is that our coaches will not arise to the moment, and that moment is where you really have to start defining yourself. Now, I'm saying that because I've been in places where I've seen coaches not rise to the occasion. They start dumbing down their 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 calls and their attitude and their mentality versus their opponent. See, we just see the players on the field playing against us because we're physically doing it. But it's really not the case. When you're watching, when you're playing chess, the pawns, the pawns and the knights and the bishops, they're just there. But it's someone else on the other side's mentality that moves the pawns and the chess and the bishops and the knights. And they make and they put the players in a position. So to me, my mindset is that we have the players, we have the talent. But I'm not 100% sure that our coaches at some moment will show the type of leadership they need to show that says, I'm going to stay 100% focused, I'm going to be 100% committed to the moment, and I'm going to continually call the way I'm supposed to call plays, and I'm going to kick somebody's with my dogs, my players, on, on my side of the field, we're going to kick your butt. And that is my concern sometimes. And I, and I know these situations when, you know, you say we wet the bed last year. I keep saying it, but I think it's awesome <laughs> because we did. We was amazing in the beginning and then a couple we, people We hope hurt. we don't have to say it anymore. All right, so that to me is I'm not going to dive into it more and I don't want anybody to feel like, you know, I'm – I'm just being, we, 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 we've not talked about this. This is not devil's advocate. Let's, we didn't rehearse this moment. I'm just saying from being in the locker room with scenario, scenarios and watching us look like we're great and knowing we have great pieces and then watching not just us look at ourselves and say, we can go out and kick butt, but be on the field like it's third and 17. We, we, I know for a fact we got three plays in our playbook that can get us at least third and 18. Or let's trust, let's trust them. But you're gonna run a draw. It's third and five. We're running a a little. You're alluding dinky to that little dinky little dive. Seventeen play against the Rams last year. But and that's the conversation I gotta have with beyond me mm-hmm. as a player. And I don't want the fans to think that it's always just about the players. It ain't always about us. Sometimes we are with the chess pieces on the board being controlled by somebody who's calling a play. And if that happens, and he calls a play that just seems like a piece of crap. I tell you what's going to happen. We're going to be on the field like, man, it's a piece of crap. And then you're going to get third. And that's the kind of stuff to me I'm supposed to bring to this conversation right here to make sure you understand that it ain't always about the players. So my question is and my concern is I got to make sure my coaches don't play down. I know the players are going to get ready. I know they're going to be ready to play. But if you don't call the right plays and, and make us and put us in a position where we're attacking and we're more on our, on our feet backpedaling, and that's my concern. So watching the Cardinals play last year, did you feel like you were finding yourselves yourself feel like it the, the coaching staff was game planning down to their opponent more often than it was players playing down to the opponent? Well, if if we watch I'll I'll say this here. We did not evolve much last Correct. year. Correct. Offensively or defensively. And I can't say what was happening in the locker room because I wasn't there. So I, but I can say what I saw on the field as a former player, it did not look spectacular. It did not look like we were trying to attack a defense. When we're, 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 when we are in the red zone 
and you're still got five wides or when we're inside the 10 yard line getting ready to score and you still got five wides or four wide receivers, then that to me is a concern. That to me says you're not really making these adjustments. Last year, a bunch of tight ends just caught a ton of balls against our defense. That means that tells me you're not making those adjustments and putting guys in the right spot. So that to me is sometimes you're not giving us the best chance. And I don't know what's going on in the locker room emotionally, mentally, between offensive, defensive coordinator, head coach and defense coordinator. I just know when I'm watching football, my mindset says, are you putting these players in the best position to to exploit their talents or become the beast that they're supposed to be? And I don't always I'll see tell that. you what, and we'll get to the next. Billy, how about that for a response? Um, <laughs> the training wheels on Cliff Kingsbury, I think, are secured this year because of two players, J.J. Watt and, and Rodney Hudson, and specifically offensively. Very good point. I don't know if you guys have seen the quote this week, I think it was from Kyler. Maybe it was from Christian Kirk on the Kyler Murray Christian Kirk touchdown pass, where it was a th- like a throwaway lob uh, back the end zone, you know, mm-hmm. over the head mm-hmm. Willie Mays catch. That was an audible from Rodney Hudson okay. um, that they didn't have last year, and they have his presence now. And then I just think Chandler Jones and JJ Watt getting that defense up was something they didn't have second half of last year. So, well, I I agree with you both. I just I think that you can Kingsbury proof a lot of this with yeah. the veterans that you brought on. so Yeah, Ronnie Hudson said that it was he noticed something with the D-line that he had picked up in a preseason game, and mm-hmm. he realized it was cover zero, went ahead and let Kyler know, and that's how that uh, whole play unfolded. So he he is a priceless <laughs> that is, addition. That is, that is, a is, is worth a third-round pick yeah. night and day. All right, well, thank you so much for that question, Billy. All right, last question for the first-ever Bird Gang Blitz mailbag here on PHNX Cardinals Live the Incredible Folk at Incredible Folk 7. This is a great one. If our defense will play the next weeks like they did against Tennessee, is there enough depth in the secondary or do we need some more additions? Greetings from Germany. Rise up, Red Sea. Well, greetings from the Valley. What do you think, Cherson? Well, I think that they at some point need to probably pick up some more depth, whether or not you know they continue to play like they're playing. And, and, and one one game is a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't faced a lot of adversity yet. So time will tell, adversity will tell. But I think regardless, I don't know that they're not continuously keeping their eyes open for, you know, possibilities of adding more depth to their secondary. Look, Kirk Cousin, Kirk Cousin last week hit nine different targets. About not, I think he hit about nine different targets last week. So he's throwing the rock around. And that means the NFL is not, it has not changed. Most of the offenses are coming to a shotgun situation. It's more predicated to a four and five wide receiver. The days have gone of a fullback actually being an iconic piece in the offense and a tight end that actually blocks is an anomaly right now. And they're, they're just getting bigger. Uh, small power forwards that play, could play basketball in the NBA are now outside playing football at four, running four fives and four sixes and 235 pounds looking like receiver S, but they're just big bodies. So those are parts that are going right now. And I think that we need to continually add um, in our secondary without a doubt, because it's just the NFL is becoming more of a, it's, it's a track meet and you got to have guys that can actually show up. We're going from for our, our D linemen looking like linebackers at 235 to 265 pounds that run between four fours and four sixes that's that's moving for a defensive end d lineman 
I mean, and now our linebackers look like strong safeties and our DBs are just looking like receivers. And now you got you got nickels and dime packages require five DBs and six DBs. That's the difference between a nickel being five DBs and a dime pack, dime, dime being six DBs. And you have to have all that on the field. And they got to cover everybody. So sometimes that I think we need to add more, constantly always trying to add more because that's where the NFL is going. Last two trading deadlines, Kenyon Drake, 2019, Marcus Golden last year in 2020. I would bet money that Kime makes another move this year. I agree. Uh, Well, the Cardinals are now four-point favorites over the Vikings, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm. Uh, So for my DraftKings pick of the week, to me, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking the points. Cards winning this one outright. Definitely not going to bet against them in this one. Uh, If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX, you're going to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Um, and um, they are also giving all customers who sign up now a shot to double their money if Arizona or Minnesota scores one point during this Sunday's football game, and uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. As always, 21 and over, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only for the free bet promotion, a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, eligibility restrictions do apply, max $50 wager uh, again, for this no-brainer offer, one per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And right now, we've got an awesome promotion going on for our members here at PHNX. Uh, buy one T-shirt on our website. We recently dropped a new Cardinals-themed T-shirt, which you can see up there. I think it's awesome. That's fly. Members, um, so buy one, get one on the T-shirts, but members are also going to get other exclusive deals, access to additional content like Johnny's awesome articles, uh, and our members-only Discord, which we love chatting with you guys on. So sign up to become a member on our website, PHNX, gophnx.com. All right, n- time for another game. Pass or run is back. Second time we're doing it. Whoop, whoop. I can't wait for it. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, all right, guys. So as always, I'm going to make a statement. Are you going to pass on the statement? Or are you going to run with it? So the Cardinals will have multiple passing and rushing touchdowns this weekend. I, I mean, I'm going to run with it. I want to run with it. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I Yeah, I'll run with it because I think Kyler Murray could score one of those rushing touchdowns. Neither of the Cardinals' starting running backs got in the end zone last week, and right. I think Kyler Murray's going to continue to throw the ball around, so I will run with it as well. Okay, I'm going to run with it too. I mean, you never know how they're going to score. I definitely think they're going to score multiple touchdowns, but uh, you never know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with it. All right, both J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are going to record a sack this weekend. Run, yeah, absolutely. I think Watt gets home this week. The Minnesota O-line I think is worse than Tennessee, especially on their interior. And I I don't think you can stop Chandler Jones no matter how much help you give. So I I would say yes. Decisions. Decisions. It's hard to say because I know for a fact that they have to make adjustments to protect the quarterback that got sacked at least three to five times last week. And some of those sacks are definitely uh, quarterback sacks where he held held the ball a little too long. So I'm going to run with it. I, I, I mean, these guys are beasts right now. They're just they're, they're chomping at the bits. Coach is going to come up with some, some slick ways to open up, the gate, open up the gates for J.J. so he can get on the board. He can't just be stagnant and let Chandler have all the fun. He's got to do his thing. They're the number one fantasy defense right now, if you can believe it, the Arizona Cardinals. Who would have thought after week one? I think Tennessee <laughs> felt like they had a great game plan. Okay, we're going to double team JJ Watt. We don't know. Chandler's coming off injury. You know, we're going to, you know, JJ's the guy that we want to stop. And so obviously that didn't work. And now Minnesota has the luxury of being like, crap. 
uh, what do we do here, guys? And uh, I think they're both going to get an opportunity to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, all right. This Pac- game's really fun when they come off a victory like that because we just go <laughs> we go nuts with the run. Everything is more fun when the Cardinals win. Every aspect of it, being a fan or being somebody that's that talks about the team or being a play, everything's more fun. All right. Next one is Patrick Peterson will get booed by fans. Absolutely. I, I mean, he will get booed, and then. There would be those who appreciate both sides of it. It's a 50-50. I can't, I, can't, I can't pass on it. I have to run with it because I know for a fact he's going to get booed. He's got on another jersey. At the end of the day, I appreciate your work, but you got on another jersey, and it's a different color. I don't care what number it is, but you got on another color. I'm a, I, I'm, I might boo you, then you my homie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't to tell you. I'll play devil's advocate just because I'm, I'm going to be at the game. I will not boo you, Patrick. I'm a fan, so I will say pass because – you should not boo Patrick Peterson. He's great. I, you might be the first to sit that sit up and uh, boo a fan up in the press box. <laughs> had you done that, or had you decided you were going to do that? They wouldn't invite so. me back. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, let's not get kicked out just yet, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> um, all right, there will be a story of a fan getting kicked out of the game for being overly excited. Just he's going to take things, or he or she's going to take things way too far because they haven't, you know, had the chance to be back watching their team in such a long time. Man, that's that's sad. Like, I don't want to say run, but I'm going to say run because you see those videos every week, those viral videos. It could be like the Sons and Four guys shows up and starts another brawl and then they have to escort people out. It's part of the reason why, like, I'm scared to take my six-year-old to a game. But in all seriousness, I'm, yeah, it's, it's going to be a packed house. I would venture to say, yes, yeah, something like that's going to happen. I'm going to pass on it. It's Minnesota. They're not going to start a fight, man. It's the Vikings. They know they suck right now. They know Kirk Cousins is. On probably on a one year deal and Zim's out, so I, I'm. They're hoping for the best. So they're good. People. They're wishing for the best. They're coming to the valley. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're good people. It would take a Cardinal fan to really just, I mean, be shoving it in their face that we're whooping your butts and it, or or to flip it. So now nah, Minnesota's good people. It's not like the Raiders are coming here. The Cardinals are going to be happy about just having you know having the building full of people again. And I don't think that. Um, can I see it happening? Yes, but I'm just going to pass on it right now. I could see somebody just getting too drunk and just doing something stupid. Maybe they don't get into like an altercation, but just doing something that's going to get them kicked out because uh, they are just going wait. They're trying to make up for the time that they didn't have at State Farm Stadium <laughs> last year. So I'm going to run with it. Okay. And we'll see. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but we'll see. All right, the last one, Kyler will win NFC Offensive Player of the Week due to his performance on Sunday. Uh, I'll pass because there seems to be a legitimate bias f- away from the Cardinals with the league, and and I'm sure it'll go to one of the counterpart quarterbacks in the NFC West because that's what happened this week with Matthew Stafford throwing a mere three touchdowns. Kyler Murray somehow throws four and runs for a touchdown on the road against a better team and doesn't win it. So I'm just going to pass in- until it happens otherwise. I'm going to say yes, because I believe that I'm going to run with it because I just want to say that I think Kyler will come out and have another great performance. I expect him to have, if he, if he does another four and four and one, then there's, there's no way you can kind of pass on that. Also, if the defense does what they did last week, they dominate against a Minnesota team. Um, it is at home, but at the same time, the, they're giving him already the conversation of all the great things he does mm-hmm. and the pieces that he has, and they're already 
you know, giving a lot of props to D Hops, what he does, and also Christian Kirk and all the other pieces. And then yet you're not going to give it to the guy that's, that's making it happen. I agree with you. They pooed, they, they poo pooed on your boy last time. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. It doesn't mean that they can't give it to him this week. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for the wishful thinking. You're going to go maybe. for a run. I'm running it that I believe that they'll, if he has another four and one, then. He should get the rock. He should get it. I might have drank the week one Kool-Aid, cherry <laughs> limeade flavored. Um, <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that was the first thing that came to mind. I don't know, Kool-Aid in a hot it's minute, It's good actually. stuff, uh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Cardinals look like on the field. That's um, cherry limeade. Yeah, so I, I, I was definitely drinking it this week, and I am going to run with it. I think I have high expectations for this game. I think it's going to be a really good one, and I think the Cardinals are going to pick apart Minnesota's defense. Sorry, Patrick Peterson, but I think that's going to happen again. I was sipping on the Kool-Aid, so all of this, I might be wrong in all of this. Maybe J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones don't get a single sack. You know, maybe there's not multiple touchdowns scored, and maybe they're just a horrible game, but I'm not buying that, so I'm running Kyler's going to win Offensive Player of the Week. Awesome. Okay. All right. How about our NFC West picks for the week? Hey, hey. Johnny, would you like to explain yourself? Uh, yeah, I don't want to see the division do well. Uh, I also think the Niners are super fraudulent defensively. They're missing multiple starters. You, you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go into Philadelphia right now when they're riding high after uh, blowing out Atlanta. I like the Eagles easily over San Francisco. I also think Tennessee is being told you're garbage, you're terrible, you quit last week, you because got punched in the mouth. Yeah. I, I, and I also think Seattle's home field advantage has not been the same since they lost their, you know, their not their 12th man, but their stout defense. I think Derrick Henry goes off. Uh, the one outlier, really, the Rams are just are too good of a team. They're so top heavy with elite playmakers, you know, Donald and Ramsey against Carson Wentz. Uh, I think that'll be a lower scoring game than people think. Um, I think all three could be upset in the division based on their their counterparts. I actually think the Cardinals have the best matchup this week. Um, but I'll go two out of the three NFC West loses out. I do not think the Seahawks are going to lose to the Titans after what we just witnessed. I understand your explanation of like, listen, they they got um, you know woken up in week one and they're not going to make those same mistakes, but. There was just so much that went wrong for them and so much that went right for the Seahawks in week one that, um, you know, at home, I just don't see them losing to the Titans. And then uh, I think I have it memorized. I didn't memorize it and the graphics down now, but I think, yeah, 49ers over Eagles. So do you want to explain yourself with that? Because everything else we agreed on, but what's this? Uh, you think the really think the 49ers are going to beat the Eagles? I do. Right? They, I mean, they, they, they had a great performance. They dominated Detroit. They dominated Detroit. I'm not saying that Detroit's amazing, but they dominated Detroit. And I absolutely think they will. Eagles Eagles had a great performance. I'm not saying they didn't, but the 49ers are the 49ers. They have great pieces in place. It's not like they're amazing. I'm not saying they're not. Their defense, but, I'm telling you right now, no Robert Sala. Okay. They haven't been the same on their defensive line since they traded away DeForest Buckner. They lost multiple starters last week. I'm Jason Verrett at corner yep. is out for the year. Somebody's One of their out. linebackers, I think Greenlaw's his name, uh, Some, he's out. Somebody's still, somebody's replacing him. I feel like it's a, it's a national narrative right now because they have Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner that they can cure all. And I, I just think that the Lions put up 33 points. No one talks about that. So okay. on the road in a hostile environment, I think Jalen Hurts eats him alive. 
I want it to happen. I'm trying to will it to happen. You're doing a good job with it here while you're trying to express it to me, but I'm still going <laughs> against them. All I right. Just 100%, That's 100%. Look, they, they, they got the pieces that they need. And if they want to run the ball, if the 49ers want to run the ball, they can. They can get grimy with it. The coach, they're developing a system that says we can get grimy or we can pass the hell out of the ball if we wanted to as well. And that, to me, is something I think when you bring that to the table, it, it, it just causes a little bit more. I'm not saying that the Eagles didn't look great last last week. Jalen looked absolutely fabulous he last did. week as a quarterback. And the pieces that he got, are, they're Alabama boys, and they, they all played on the same team. They yeah. all you know, they all got that same kind of moxie about themselves. And they're great talent. So it's not like I'm not saying they won't play, but I think it would be a closer game, and I think it would be a better game if the 49ers can come that way and still pull out a, and eke out a win. Again, we're talking about – Playing on the road and playing at home is night and day. So I do think they have the chance to get away from the house and then go someplace else on a faster surface because the, the surface would be a little faster than it is if they was playing back in San Fran. So to me, I think it would be a good win for them if they get a chance to, you know, make it a little grimy and dirty. So you're picking the NFC West to go 2-0 uh, across the board again. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I am. I have no problem with that. I think that it would be a pretty good pretty good match. And, again, the Rams – and the Rams are the Rams right now. They just look good offensively and defensive. They moved Jalen Ramsey around. He looked absolutely fabulous last week. Mm-hmm. Just for what they did, what they did for him, and what they did to him by putting him in different spots. So, and then the Colts. I'm not so. I'm still not sold on Wentz. I don't care what anybody says. He looks good in tights, but when you get him on the field, he doesn't. He doesn't look like Eagles the guy, knew what they were doing, and they did like. the right thing. And I don't care if he was with Coach Wright. I think that's a good conversation piece to have. That I'm with my offensive coordinator. He knows what I'm doing. But I think the Rams, they just, that defense can cause enough havoc to make a quarterback like him look shaky. And that, to me, concerns me. So that's why I'll go with the Rams over the coach. You guys did the same thing. You just turned out like you didn't like my first two picks. What's wrong with you guys? I don't understand that. No, I, I just agree. I disagree with your first pick. I was talking about this earlier in the week that mm-hmm. I think the 49ers are semi-fraudulent and mm-hmm. I think they're going to get exposed at some point. Everybody had such high expectations for them and, um, you know, going to go to the Super Bowl and things like that. I just do not think that they're that good, and I think we're going to find that out early on. So I'm definitely not going to pick the 49ers in this one. But everything else I agree with you on. Let me get my fingers up. And we need to we need to make sure that we, like, tally this somehow. We'll see who comes out on top with the most correct picks by the end of the season here. I pre- I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty much sure I will, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to a steak from both of you. Like okay, that. all right. So a steak it all right. So all steak right. and wine. I was going to say the loser has to eat the Jake flex, but I'll yeah, tell you steak what. is fine. Look, I've already had Jake, and I don't think that we want to go across that bridge. <laughs> That's with fine. Right there. The winner gets the steak at the end of the season. <laughs> well, there are plenty of opportunities, whether it's the Cardinals game or any of the other games we just mentioned about, to yeah. place bets on this weekend using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, a reminder, DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It makes it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience because, again, it's your money. And the app is super easy. I, If you've been listening to us, I admittedly am still, and Frank, still trying to figure out the whole sports betting thing. And this, the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app has been uh, super simple and easy to understand as we're all you know, still trying to figure this out. Johnny's the expert here. I, I rely on Johnny tremendously. Look, I, I am a novice at this in regards to because as a former NFL player, they wouldn't let us do it. So just understand my conversation is that I could not bet. And that was something I couldn't take the chance on. And now, thanks to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, thanks to the PNH's code, it makes everything much easier for me. And at the end of the day, I get to come to you and ask questions and you give me the answers. And next thing I you try, know, I try look, my best. Once, once I keep winning, I'm just going to start. I'm going to buy you some steaks. There bro. we go. I want to do a quick plug, too, for the app. And 
I think a lot of the misconception with a lot of these online gaming apps is it takes forever to get my money. You can do an instant transfer to your bank. I just did it yesterday. It's seamless. It will get there same day. Usually within the hour, you get your money and you go do what you want with it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mine go. goes to my wife, but otherwise, you guys can go and do what you want with it. That's a great answer. Mine goes to my wife, the golf course. So I don't <laughs> tell you. All right. This leads us to our last segment. I had the opportunity to speak with DeAndre Hopkins' mom, Sabrina, yesterday. We had a fantastic conversation. You know, Sabrina has a tremendous story that uh, we did not necessarily dive into. So I'll. I'll just, you know, for those that don't know, I'll just give you a brief explanation. She was um, in 2002 involved in a domestic uh, violence situation where she had acid poured on her. She lost her eyesight and just went through just a ton to get to where she's at. And now she's a complete inspiration and and is helping so many women get through domestic violence situations, abusive relationships. Um, And so, you know, we we did talk a lot about her story, but then we also had, uh, you know, just a fun conversation about DeAndre and and some things that you might not know about her son. So here is a small clip of that interview. For you, is there one thing in particular that DeAndre's accomplished that you feel it, it was your proudest moment as a mom? I think there were many uh, coming up. DeAndre's resilience um, that he exudes is over the top amazing. I mean, he just keeps going and going. He never surprises me. But I think if there was one thing now that I would speak on, that would be that I don't think people realize how business minded DeAndre is. Um, Most of his business uh, endeavors is something that he did himself. Um, He's like, hey, team, come and get on board later. But he literally creates these relationships with these people himself and um, and some that he's like, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want to be a part of. But he he he's a very smart businessman now. Um, he loves he loves people. He loves, you know, speaking and he handles his own business. Um, and that's something I'm so proud of him for, because he literally on the off season, he is going from place to place and he is getting he's sitting down and he's he's really involved in everything that he does he he's hands-on himself and um i don't think a lot of people realizes how smart he is and how savvy he is when it comes to business and that's something that was apparent at a young age i think i read something where he did he get kicked out of school one time for selling candy in like middle school Yes. So I would say that he's 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 always been a young entrepreneur. Um, That's that's a good way to put it. But, yeah, he decided that he would go and sell candy. So he he's seen his business take off really early and um, not realizing that you cannot set up a stand in front of the school stand at school. (laughs) (laughs) And so. We get, you know, of course, that didn't last long. I got called to the office and he swore he wouldn't do it again. But he decided to get a, a backpack and he was selling, walking around. He was a, a walking candy store. So he it, he's and he didn't get caught the second time. But he, <laughs> uh, yeah, he definitely I mean, people was like knocking on the, the class door, like wanting DeAndre to come outside. Oh. So he's he's always been that type of person now. 
people were knocking on the classroom door to ask for DeAndre because they had he had some candy that they wanted to buy. In the backpack. That's how I found out he had it in the backpack. But he 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 didn't stop. He just he just kept selling it until he got tired of selling it, or he thought he was going to get caught the second time. Because what I told him, hey, don't ever have me come up to the school. And uh, so he hated to see me come. And trust me. Well, speaking of candy, I know he's got a bit of a sweet tooth. Uh, I, I think you were telling me last time we talked that he puts jelly and honey on just about anything. Yep, jelly and honey on everything, and uh, he he still does that. He still does that. And ironically, um, his father did it, and he didn't even realize this because you know his father passed away when he was six months old, and so it was just like deja vu for me that DeAndre grows up and do the same exact thing as his father did. Jelly and honey on everything. Doesn't matter what it is. So what's the what's the most like when you were like like you know <laughs> sitting down for dinner, would it be like what would be like a typical dinner? Are we talking like uh you know macaroni and cheese with honey in it? I mean like yeah, what is well, like when I say everything, just about everything. So you you know that the honey is coming on the green beans or the jelly is coming. It's like, it didn't, it didn't matter. And he still does that. So, I mean, he's upgraded. So, you know, he, he tells me that he does Manuka honey now because it, it, (laughs) it's because it's good for the body and it has antioxidants in it. So he's upgraded the honey, but he still does the honey. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. That is interesting. And so it's no surprise that he now has his own cereal box, which yeah. you guys were able to collaborate for as an awesome picture of your tradition on the side oh, of the box. Yeah. So, so uh, tell me about Hotbox and, and how that whole thing came together. Well, uh, DeAndre is always, he's loved cereal. He's as, as I said before, he's, he's a sweet eater. Um, he's probably the only one out of my children that like really indulges in sweets a lot. I have to kind of pull him back. So it was no surprise that the cereal was uh, one of the things that, you know, as an entrepreneur that he decided he wanted to do. Um, but also what I love about the cereal is that um, it just introduced fun to the children. You know, you have the cartoon on there. You have something inside. Um, DeAndre loves, loves giving back. And he loves, you know, just like I said, introducing this to the children and it just not being, oh, it's just cereal. You know, it's something to look forward to on the box and the inside of the box. And um, and it's delicious. Um, I actually got my boxes the other day. So what I did was I ordered my own boxes. I wasn't taking any chances. <laughs> And um and I have my boxes because I do. But even though some of the proceeds are going to smooth, um, I wanted to sow my own seed. So I ordered about two hundred dollars worth of boxes, and I'm I have one of them here now. So I'm super excited. Uh, and I have some for you know all my family members. But um, it I think it's very important that I, it was no surprise that he did the cereal for one. Um, because. He loves cereal, love anything sweet. And, you know, he's like I said, he's always giving back to the children. So this is a way for him to, you know, give the children something to do and something to eat. And, you know, it it didn't hurt that I was on the side of the box. (laughs) (laughs) It was made better that you were on the side of the box. You know, I I think so, too. And I'll that's my story. and I'm sticking to it. 
So we have a hot box, cereal box uh, on our set every time we, we broadcast. So that's awesome. But the, the what's even better is just, you know, DeAndre's never had his own foundation. He's always just supported whatever his mom is doing. And so the fact that they were able to collaborate uh, to create that cereal box, it's not just, hey, it's, it's it's cereal that has his face on it. So that's just one of the many things that they do together as a mother and son um, to to benefit um, communities and to benefit her foundation, smooth. Um, but she's she's incredible, and this is going to be her first like actual real home game experience this weekend. And you know they've got this tradition at at State Farm Stadium. So obviously Houston was a different story, but here as as a Cardinal, and um, so they have this tradition though where DeAndre, if he scores a touchdown, will hand the ball to his mom in the end zone. But she said. They have to find a new one because this year she's going to be up in, uh, you know, like a sweet box because of COVID. She's not going to be within the crowd like that. So um, I don't know if you guys have any have any new tradition uh, ideas, but she's looking for one. Look, I think it's pretty awesome that, you know, the piece she did was pretty awesome. Thanks for allowing us to learn more about DeAndre, seeing the struggles and then also the things that his mom, how she overcame it. I think that's pretty awesome that people get to see that domestic violence is something that shouldn't, you know, it's it's a tough, it takes a toll on not just the individual, but the family as a whole. And then to find a survivor of domestic violence is is pretty awesome. And then to see them have a, the ability to go out and try to empower somebody else. I think that's pretty cool. Now, when it comes to the touchdowns, and he's going to probably have a lot of touchdowns this year, mm-hmm. um, he, he probably needs to put a bag on the side of the on or smooth a smooth foundation probably a little box and every every one he gets he has to open it up and look up at his mom like he's Aww. giving it to her and then and then put it back in. Can the we box get like a way. zip line or something? You know, the, the, <laughs> to put the laundry on and we could elevate it up to her. But in, in all seriousness, when you watch that yeah. and you watch the grace of his mom <laughs> and we see the professionalism from DeAndre and he's beloved in the valley, what do you think? Houston Texan fans are are thinking when that was arguably, aside from Deshaun Watson, the face of their franchise, their second coming of Andre Johnson, to just to cast him off because, yeah, he wanted to be paid a premium. Well, he deserves it, right? Mm -hmm. He's lived up and and then some to the billing of, of what he was supposed to be. And then also just very professional, takes care of his business. Yeah, he wants to dabble in some businesses. Most players do. They're entitled to do that. I just think if I was a Texans fan, the only thing I can compare it to is when the Cardinals decided to to deal with Anquan Bolden, and Bolden had a resurgence the second half of his career. But I think it's it's more it's worse with Hopkins, given the price tag, given the Houston didn't have a Larry Fitzgerald to fall back onto with with Bolden. I don't know, Cheers, I'd be interested to hear your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be incredibly frustrated. I'm I'm nobody wants to be no nobody wants to feel like they're being ruled with an iron fist. And so from from his perspective, if he's like, okay, I'm gonna give you hundred percent when I'm on the football field, but if you're not gonna let me, you know, do some other things that I'm interested in life, like like why wouldn't you let me do that? And obviously he came to Arizona and he's allowed, you know, to, to uh, you know, to do outside things. And, you know, he, he negotiated a, a great deal for himself. <laughs> so they're paying him and they're, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, you've got to only do football or you, you know, you're going to only make this much and be happy with it. And, uh, and all the iron fist type of mentality and, and the Cardinals have figured out a way to, um, you know, build a relationship with him that uh, that allows him to, you know, uh, feel like he's respected and, and has freedom to do other things. I think that 
if you're going to knock Cliff Kingsbury for his coaching, you have to give him credit for the player pro player mentality that he has in the locker room, that he's not Bill O'Brien in the worst sense, that he drives elite players away. And I think just in 2021, you have to empower players because they are more than just football players. And, and Frank knows this. So I commend and applaud Cliff Kingsbury for creating this environment where players want to play here. Look, there's uh, I was here when we were getting rid of players and then they would go on and be Super Bowl. They would go on and win a Super Bowl and Lomas Brown or um, Simeon Rice and to name a bunch of them, it'd just be too many guys. And then they went out. They were also all pros mm-hmm. when they left the Arizona Cardinals. So I know I, that sucks, especially as a player. And then also as a fan. Did you play with Thomas Jones, too? I was here with TJ got here when I was mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And I saw him leave and go. You know Chicago and have a great career running yeah. running the ball. So that's a process where you know there is a business side of the game, but then as a fan and, and as a former teammate of yours, to watch you leave and then go on and make some and add that talent to someplace else, it is a sad. I mean, it's it, it's frustrating because you know you could have that type of talent. So if you're a Texans and you know for a fact he was on your team, just like JJ, you know he was on your team, and you're watching these guys go on and flourish. I mean, kudos in the in the you know good. That at a boy or pat on the back, but in truth, you feel like that could have been my teammate, and that could have pushed us closer to winning a championship. So that is a, it is as a teammate, I know for a fact it is a pro, it is a, it's bittersweet mm-hmm. in some ways. You know, it's, it's very bittersweet. But I mean, he's been able to accomplish something, and the Cardinals are winning on that. I mean, again, they they were able to to transition out of a a, a superstar that we have in Larry future Hall of Famer to now another up-and-coming future Hall of Famer and then also defense on the defensive side you know we made some transitions and guys that we tried to have on our defensive line and when I got J.J. Watt and we needed leadership not only that we need a presence we have all that and so I think that is um that's to the that is to the betterment of the Arizona Cardinals and the fans that are here are absolutely reaping the benefits of that. That was just a small part of the interview that I had with Hop's mom, Sabrina. We're going to drop the entire interview uh, in podcast form tomorrow morning. So make sure that you sign up uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, subscribe is probably the word I wanted to mm-hmm. use there, not sign up. Um, and then if you are listening to us uh, in podcast form, remember that we do have a, a YouTube channel. And um, if you're a member, you're also going to get access to the full video interview as well. Uh, and if you're not following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, it's at PHNX underscore sports. Uh, we love to chat with you on social media as well. Um, and I guess, guys, we will see everybody after the game after hopefully after another cardinals win